Hi, this is Ben Lola, Back to the Bible Canada. Today we near the end of our series in 2 John and we'll focus on the importance of being watchful as believers. So let's turn now to 2 John verses 8 and 9 with Dr. John Newfeld for this message entitled Constant Vigilance. On January 28, 1852, American abolitionist Wendell Phillips delivered a speech in which he said, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Now, whether he was the first man to have used that line, I know that's debated, but the quote itself is fascinating. In Phillips' mind, liberty or freedom was not a commodity easily gained or easily kept. If we ignore it or take it for granted and do not seek to defend it with great attention, we will soon be enslaved again. And I do believe he was spot on. But the same is true for the truths that have once for all been delivered to God's people. You know, we've been studying 2 John, and we've noticed that John is encouraging this woman called the elect lady to remember that which was from the beginning. But that which was from the beginning was being threatened. And before we read today's text, let me say that which was from the beginning is always being threatened, and this in two ways. First, it can be threatened by neglect. Let me suggest a little example. Some time ago, a young Christian woman who had grown up in the church went off to university. She befriended a young man who had no Christian background, but because of their friendship, decided he would read the Bible. So like most people, he started at the beginning. Genesis was great, so was half of Exodus, but then it started to get tough, all about building a tabernacle, its exact dimensions, and so on, but he persisted and got through. Then he got to Leviticus, and all his reading kind of screeched to a halt. And so this Christian young woman and this curious young man sat down to talk. And the young man said, look, I'm not sure I'm understanding what I'm reading, but I wonder. I know you Christians don't do all the animal sacrifices that I've been reading about, so help me out. Why not? Why don't you do all that stuff? And the young woman answered truthfully, I don't have even the slightest idea. And apparently she hadn't been taught about the Old Testament sacrifices, which highlighted that people were innately sinful. And she hadn't understood how Christ, by his once-for-all sacrifice, did away with these sacrifices through his perfect atoning sacrifice, while she had never taken the time to learn how the cross related to that. In short, she had never learned the message of the book of Hebrews. Now, I use this example not to berate her, or God forbid that I should belittle her. But I use this as an example as something that would have been child's play to another generation has become unclear and forgotten in ours. I think that the greatest challenge to the church today is biblical illiteracy. What was from the beginning is threatened by our neglect and lack of attention, and that leads to the second problem. That is, when a vacuum of truth, when a deep-rootedness in that which was from the beginning is forgotten, false teachers enter in with increasing frequency. And John writes this woman warning her that her home was being used to house false teachers. And in verse 7, he says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. You know, it's now been 60 years since Jesus' death and resurrection, and a new Jesus was being proclaimed, one that agreed with contemporary philosophical trends. Since parts of Greek philosophy held that the body or physical matter was evil and that pure spirit was good, a new teaching had now gained prominence. The teaching said that Jesus only appeared to be human, but John was in an excellent position to deny that. As he says in 1 John, I saw Jesus with my own eyes, and I touched him with my hands, and I can testify to what I encountered. 
The Jesus they are talking about, that is the false teachers, that one doesn't exist. We need to walk in accordance to what we have heard from the beginning. And in 2 John, John has been teaching this woman that there are many deceivers in this world, and this woman must not be a party to being deceived, nor to allow deceivers to stay in her house. So let's read 2 John verses 8 and 9. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Now, from these two verses, I want us to see several important principles that not only this woman was to learn, nor the church she belonged to must learn, but principles that are important for us. Now, here's the first principle. Be constantly vigilant. You know, the opening phrase, watch yourselves, is the call to constant vigilance. The grammatical form here is the present active imperative, or this is a command that must be constantly, repeatedly applied. You must keep on watching yourself. You must ever be alert to the real possibility there is no place for complacency. I wonder how many of us think of our faith that way, that we must forever watch ourselves. How many of you know that Jesus spoke that way? Mark 13, 5 and 6, Mark records, And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. Then Jesus says in verse 9, Be on your guard. Then in verse 23, he repeats it again, Be on your guard. And again in verse 33, Be on guard. And then he adds, Keep awake. And so the calling from the Bible is that we be constantly aware and on watch that deceivers, false teachers, and distorters of the truth will always be there. The price of living in the truth is eternal vigilance. I remember years ago being in a country that had a high degree of unrest. For reasons I can't explain on this radio broadcast, I wanted quite desperately to go to an area that was quite dangerous. I had a guide who helped me to be as safe as I could be. And as I walked just behind him, I noticed his head was as if it was on a swivel. He was constantly aware of his surroundings, watching everything and everyone. I couldn't help but think that this is precisely the image that we are to entertain. Great spiritual dangers are around us, and false teachers seek to do us harm. Be constantly vigilant. But how do we do that? I've been told that in order for bank tellers to become familiar with counterfeit currency, they will spend hours learning to handle real currency. They soon get to know the look of a bill, the the thickness of it, the consistency of it, how it feels in your hand, and so forth. It's not possible to train tellers to identify every kind of fake or fraud they're going to see. But if you teach them what true currency feels like, you'll always be able to spot a fraud. See, the same is true in the spiritual dimension. The self-watch that John has in mind will have everything to do with being familiar with the truth, just as you have heard from the beginning, writes John. Let me try one more illustration. When I was engaged to my wife, she lived about 300 kilometers away from me. I had one day off a week, and on that day off, I drove out to see her and drove back late into the evening. I did that for a full year until I married her. Now, I never made up my mind to memorize that road, but let me tell you, that after a year, I had traveled that road so often, so frequently, that I knew every curve in that road. I used to say I knew every rock and stick beside the road. Think of your Bible that way. 
learn it so well, travel its pages so frequently that you become familiar, be constantly vigilant in that way, so that those who seek you will never be able to deceive you. Now, that's the first point. Here's the second. Understand the danger you're in. Let's look at verse 8 again. Watch yourselves so that you do not lose what we have worked for. Now, there's a great deal of disagreement among Christians as to how to understand this verse. What is it that John has worked for? If the answer is, he has worked for the salvation of this woman and her children and the church she is a part of, then this verse would read, watch yourself that you do not lose your salvation. If you get deceived by the false teachers, you're going to bring damnation onto yourself. Now, if that were true, then it would mean that John believes that Christians can lose their salvation. But other Bible teachers will point out that the full verse reads, Watch yourselves so that you do not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. So these Bible teachers will point out that what is at stake is the reward these believers would receive in eternity, the reward for faithfulness. So they are in danger, not of losing their salvation, but of losing the rewards that they would gain in eternity. That, these Bible teachers point out, will be like the warning in 1 Corinthians 3, 14 and 15, where Paul warns that if believers do not build properly on the foundation of the gospel, all that they have done in this life counts for nothing. They will be saved in the final day, but their works will be burned up. So I hope you see the difference. Either John is warning that you can lose your salvation if you listen to false teachers, or you'll lose your reward. Now, someone might say, well, why is that so important? I think it is important. For one, we might ask, how great is the danger that is presented by these false teachers? Is the danger we lose our reward, or is the danger that we lose our soul? For another, what does John actually think about the security of the believer? And after having been embraced by Christ, is it possible that we could still be lost? You know, I think the best place to start is to check out the other writings of John. In 1 John, John is speaking about people who have not only left the church, but have left the faith. So let me read from 1 John 2 verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they were not of us. So from that passage, it seems pretty clear that John believes that those who have apostatized or have abandoned their faith in Christ did so because they were not genuine from the beginning. And if that's so, what is the warning for us in terms of false teachers? We'll deal with that when we come back. It's clear that the Apostle John's passion and commitment to the truth is so evident in these verses. And it's a call for us as well to be constantly watchful, that we don't become deceived and led astray by false teachers. At the root of all this is the simple truth. We must strive to know and study our Bibles. When we return, Dr. Neufeld will help us understand what the consequences are if we fail to be vigilant. Sarah wrote, Dr. Newfeld brings scripture to life with depth, practicality, challenge, and hope. The world has changed. Technology has made everything closer. Ministries have changed, and yet Back to the Bible has remained constant in its values and teaching. You do a marvelous work, and I look forward to hearing you every day. Well, messages like this help us feel we're hitting the mark. And with God's blessing, people of every age and background are being impacted through faithful Bible teaching. Our special thanks to all those who listen and support the ministries of Back to the Bible Canada. 
So please continue to stand with us with your prayers and gifts, and Back to the Bible Canada will continue to do all it can to impact lives with the gospel. You can join us in this effort with your financial support by calling us at 1-800-663-2425 or by visiting backtothebible.ca. There can be no doubt that there are warnings in the Bible in which we are clearly told that our eternal salvation is at stake. Matthew 10, 32 has Jesus saying that whoever denies him before men, he will also deny them on the final day. Matthew 10, 22 warns us that unless we endure to the end, we cannot be saved. Romans eleven twenty two says, Note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen, but kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. The context is clear, cut off from God and his gospel. And in Revelation 2.10, we are told that only those who are faithful until the end will receive the crown of life. Of course, there are many more texts like this all through the New Testament, and every one of them give pause for thought. Each one of them seem to mean exactly what they appear to mean. And yet, on the other hand, there are texts that seem to be in the exact opposite direction. Listen to Philippians 1.6, where Paul tells the church in Philippi, and I am sure are absolutely positive of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. The point there is that Paul has no doubts whatsoever these believers will persevere. Or Romans 8, 37 to 39, in which we are told that absolutely nothing in life or in death, among the demons or among things that threaten us on this earth, nothing but nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Or listen to Jude verse 1 as Jude begins his book. To those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept safe for Jesus Christ. Or listen to Jesus' words as recorded by John in relation to all those whom Jesus would save. John 10, 28 has Jesus saying, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Now that would mean, of course, that no false teacher can do that either. And finally, in Hebrews 7, 25, the author of Hebrews tells us that he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to him. So what gives? On the one hand, such clear warnings of our eternal souls being at stake, and then on the other hand, such precious promises that we have eternal life and nothing and no one can snatch us from God's hands. And as an aside, that no one must include even ourselves. For as Philippians 2.13 reminds us that God works in us both to will and to work according to his good pleasure. So what do we make of this? If we can't fall from grace, why are we being so severely warned? Well, let's get back to what John taught us in 1 John 2, verse 19. They went out from us because they were not really one of us. Here's what I know. God warns that if we follow false teachers, we're lost. And God promises us that he will never lose those who are his own. And we, his own, will not listen to the voice of a stranger. Now, how do we put this together? I think the answer must be that those who belong to Christ also listen to his voice because we trust him. Let me try an illustration. Let's say you're driving along a freeway and you're traveling at maybe 100 kilometers an hour, and you're coming to the ridge of a hill and you can't see over it. 
but that doesn't worry you. You're on a freeway and everything's going to be fine. But then you see a sign in huge red letters, flashing lights, slow to 20 kilometers an hour. The bridge is washed out ahead, detour ahead. Lights are flashing. What will you do? Well, the answer is simple. If you believe the sign, you'll do exactly what it says, for you know that if you keep your speed just over that ridge, the bridge being gone, you're going to fall into the icy river below to your death. But if you don't believe the sign, you're going to keep right on with no regard whatsoever for the warnings. And here's what I believe true of the people of God. They listen to their God because they believe him. They listen to their God. It's the mark of the children of God. Jesus said so in John 10. My sheep hear my voice. They will not listen to a stranger. So let's go back to the text before us. Watch yourselves, it says. And that's like a large stop sign. The bridge is out. Immediately it has our attention. Instinctively, our foot is on the brakes. Notice that John is concerned that the elect lady, yes, the woman elect by God, doesn't lose what he worked for. What does he mean? It might be that the elect lady and her children came to faith through John's preaching, and John now thinks that if there is a lack of watchfulness in this lady's life, it will indeed threaten her salvation. But does John really have salvation in mind when he speaks about the reward? I think he does. Look at the next verse, verse 9. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has the Father and the Son. Another word for abide is remain. If anyone does not remain steadfast in the truth that we have had from the beginning, that person does not have God. So it's clear that the reward John speaks of in verse 8 must refer to the reward of having the Father and the Son. And so the false teachers want to block the passageway to the Father and the Son. I know some of us are still scratching our heads. In verse 1, John refers to this woman as the elect lady. Well, then, if she is elect by God, how can her pathway to eternity be threatened by false teachers? Well, please remember what Jesus taught on this issue, Matthew 24, verse 24. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. From Jesus' statement, it leads us to believe that in the end, you can't lead the elect astray. And I agree. The elect remain with Christ forever. But now listen to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. Interesting words, don't you agree? As we fight the fight to remain true to the faith, we are indicating that we really are the people of God. And those who are not the elect don't fight. They don't struggle against sin. They don't keep their doctrine pure, and more so. When those who are not of the people of God hear the word of God saying, watch out, danger ahead, this could kill you, they pay no attention whatsoever. They're blinded by these people. But when those who have come to love Christ above all things see that same warning sign, watch out, danger ahead, they pay attention and they're delivered. And that's what the warnings in Scripture are for. They are means God uses to keep us from destruction. So in case you wonder where I stand, well, I believe that those who are the children of God will persevere in the faith until the end. The good shepherd who watches over our souls will encourage us, promise us that our sins are forgiven in the cross, and will occasionally warn us of the dangers that threaten us. And at times he will warn us most severely, but don't lose hope. He is concerned to keep that 
which is his own. So does that mean that if we've not taken warning in the past that we have fallen into sin, let's say, or listened to false prophets, that we are not of his people? Well, I don't know. But listen to Romans 10.13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've ignored every warning that has ever been made, might I ask you today, don't despair. Call on the name of the Lord right now. Listen to him today, and you will find life for your soul. You know, one of the most famous Christian books ever written was called Pilgrim's Progress. It was written in the 17th century, still regarded as one of the most significant works in the English language. In fact, it's been translated into more than 200 languages. It's an allegory. It tells the story of Pilgrim on his way to reach the celestial city, in which there are joys that never fade. But on his way, so many traps await him, things that would seek to turn him from his great quest, including despair and worldliness and Satan himself. And some of us reading this might say, well, if that's the case, that the pathway to heaven is so dangerous, can I be assured that I'm going to make it, especially because I know myself. I know I'm prone to sinning. And yes, you can make it, and yes, you will make it. As Hebrews 7.25 reminds us, he is able to save to the uttermost that nothing can pluck us from Christ's hand, and that we can say with confidence that he who has begun a good work in us will carry it on to completion. Yes, Christ is determined to keep you, and just so that you will never fall away, he says, watch out for those who deceive you. And like sheep who listen to the shepherd, we want to say, thank you. Unless you had warned me, I would never have taken the warning. So take courage, faithful Christians. God will keep you. John, I don't think there's any issue for me about vigilance. I, I see a new generation that are vigilant about a lot of things, including their own spiritual walk. But how do we encourage a vigilance in the word? You know, I think we have not taken Christ's warning seriously enough. I think we ought to read them and say, you know, if you go in this direction, the bridge is out. And so unless I learn to center on the truths of Scripture and recognize that which damages my soul and resist it, the warnings are there for me. So I think we need to all hear the words of Jesus. The bridge is out ahead. Make sure that you don't allow yourself to be plunged into the river. What a great message to hear about the importance of being constantly on guard as we wage a spiritual battle every day. The warnings of Scripture are not only there for our benefit and instruction, but our response to them is an indicator of where we are at personally in our faith journey. We've learned some great lessons about the need to be vigilant as God's people. I hope you've been encouraged to keep diligent in your walk with Christ. Join us tomorrow for the final message in our series in 2 John. Back to the Bible Canada leading you forward in your walk with Jesus every day. It's happening. If you've listened to Laugh Again in the past, now the opportunity is available to not only hear Phil, but to see him in action. This month, we make the official launch of Laugh Again TV, Five minutes of storytelling, laughter, hope, and joy all wrapped into a video message from Laugh Again and Phil Calloway. So check out Laugh Again TV at laughagain.ca or by going to the Laugh Again TV channel on YouTube. A new inspirational, joy-filled program every week. If you check out Laugh Again TV on YouTube, remember to subscribe to the channel for free and never miss another episode. 
thank you for continuing to support in these challenging days. Your donations keep this unique ministry alive. To learn more, call 1-800-663-2425 or visit laughagain.ca.